Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Welcome to today's podcast, Three Ways to Be Part of the Solution. There is so much going on in the world. It's so heavy and concerning and can be so all-consuming when we watch, when we talk about it, when we really think about how these things even happen in the first place. So how do we help the situation? How do we heal ourselves and others? How do we change? How do we grow? I'm going to discuss three steps as part of a strategy to be part of the solution for transformation. One, if we want to change a situation, we have to first change ourselves. If someone comes to see me for counseling and they say, my wife is doing such and such and she needs to change her behavior for us to be okay, or a parent comes to see me and wants me to get their child to behave better, the first thing that we do as part of our work is to get the person, meaning them, the person coming to see me, to look at themselves, to be part of the change that they seek, and to see how they might be contributing to the overall problem. Just like Mahatma Gandhi's quote, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. So what that means in real life examples is that if you want your wife to give you more love, you need to give more love. If you want your child to respect you more, you need to respect your child more. You have to look at yourself first and find the ways in which you can do that. Because without doing this, changing yourself, it is easy to point your finger at the other person and say, you're the reason I'm acting this way. You're the reason I'm miserable. You're the problem. Now take that example, those examples, back to the bigger world. If we want the world to be different, we have to do something different. We have to first look at ourselves, even if we think we have nothing to do with the situation in Minnesota or any other situation happening elsewhere. And how we take this first step in being part of the solution is to practice good mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual self-care. You cannot be a healthy part of a solution until you practice good, solid self-care. You can intellectualize to the hills, but if you don't practice what you preach or examine ways in which you might be unhealthy yourself, you won't offer what you could, what you can, when you are living holy. Holy, meaning W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, the whole person. Examining both the parts of yourself that you like and the parts of yourself that you don't like. Self-care Coming to that realization of embracing all of the parts of you are the very first step in changing our world. You change yourself first so that you can change others. Just like you can't jump from A to Z when you're starting school or a job in advance to, you know, to advance in a position or to master a sport or activity, you have to start at the beginning. You have to start somewhere. Self-care is that place of starting. It's about taking good care of yourself on all levels so that you have more to offer someone else. I talked in depth about the four levels of wellness in a previous podcast. So for today's talk, I want to refer back to these levels with regard to how when you focus on you, and we're not talking about being selfish, we're talking about putting yourself first so you can better serve other people. When you focus on you, you can then become or an offer, a better version of yourself. 
the highest version of yourself so that you become part of the solution and not the problem. You can take the best care of yourself physically and be in the best shape of your life, but if you're a negative person, you're only going to offer your negativity to the rest of us, and that keeps us as a whole stuck on a low plane, a low frequency. If you aren't happy, you need to work on becoming happy, learning to be happy, so that you can emit a frequency of happy, and that in turn lifts those around you. Not fake happy, not rainbows and unicorn happy, just solidly joyful within yourself. No need to prove it or defend it. You just are. When you get to that place, think about then what you do for your relationships when you're in a space of that kind of energy. Think about what you do for your family, your colleagues, your friends, and in turn the world. Happy people do not do what is currently happening in the world. They don't. Happy people don't hurt other people. They're not dark and destructive. They're people who have done the work on themselves to be aware of the darkness within. Newsflash, we all have darkness. We all have dark and light within us. But it's what we do with that darkness, the awareness of that, that matters most. So how do you practice good self-care? You put yourself first. You create a schedule that puts yourself first. You get up in the morning first thing and you pray in whatever way suits you best. You meditate either to your own heartbeat or to some app that feels right for you. You quiet the gremlin chatter in your mind so that you can get clear on what is going on with you in the present moment and what you might need to do about that in order to become the person you were meant to be. You choose brave and you use your voice to start respecting yourself. You choose foods perhaps that are going to assist your brain in moving in a healthier direction. You stop self-medicating perhaps and get honest about your real pain what lies beneath the surface of your maladaptive behaviors. You decide that you are worthy and deserving of courage to explore these things that come to you in the quiet, in the stillness, so that you can live a better life by becoming a better version of yourself so that you become part of the solution. You exercise so that you move your anger out in healthy ways. Anger is normal. Anger is healthy. It is a part of life. Show me someone who never gets angry, and I'm not talking about peaceful teachers like Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle and others who've already done their work in order to reach the levels of teacher that they're at. But show me someone who, quote unquote, never gets angry, and I'll show you a clairvoyant x-ray of someone who is enraged. Use exercise beyond getting you in shape. Use it for the mental health tool it is. It is a way, a healthy way to release your conflict, your worries, your anger, your rage, whether from something someone said to you yesterday to something that happened to you years ago. Journal your feelings or talk them out to yourself or someone else about the fears you have about the state of the world, about the fears that you have that you are not only so far from these kinds of people who do these kinds of things to other people, but also the ways in which you might be like them too. Search your heart for ways you might be like the very thing that repels you. If you think, oh no, that's not me. I assure you, we are all guilty of injustices in our relationships, in our families, in the way we talk to ourselves, in the way we treat other people when we don't get what we want sometimes, from bank tellers and grocery store clerks to our mothers and fathers. Pay attention to where you have darkness within you too. Journal this. Write out your feelings, both where you feel really good about yourself and where you feel sometimes like a monster too. This is good self-care. It means you are exploring the dark and light within yourself so that you leave no stone unturned in your journey in this lifetime. 
If that's not your idea of a life well-lived, then so be it. That's your life, and you get to paint your canvas the way you want to. But if you are questioning the world and why it is mirroring to us what it is, and if you are talking about becoming part of the solution and wanting to do something, this is the first step to practice good self-care, emotionally getting honest with yourself, physically releasing and aligning your body in both physical and inner strength, mentally by exploring ways you might be intellectualizing, which in psychological terms is basically a defense mechanism a person uses to avoid unconscious conflict, to avoid facing their true feelings, and being courageous enough in that mental work to face your true thoughts and feelings and do some good solid work on why you think the way you do. And lastly, spiritually, practicing good self-care spiritually. Get quiet in whatever way speaks to you. Listen to the universe guide you in the direction of your highest self, whether that is through prayer, meditation, quiet, or a more structured form of practice. We can only really come to know ourselves in the quiet of our thoughts, in the little moments, when it's just us and our darkness, us and our light, integrating the two. That's how we become whole, how we become honest, how we become happy, the true and genuine kind of happy. Because then, and only then, we're no longer running from ourselves. We are standing in that balance, in that solid acceptance and happiness of who we really are. Then and only then can we truly take the next step into becoming part of the solution. Right now, though, it's time to highlight one of our valued sponsors. The Law Office of Stephen J. Delamere in Stoughton has been practicing law since 1992 and understands that every client has different needs. They handle matters involving personal injury, real estate closings, real estate planning, litigation. For more information, contact Steve, who happens to be a great guy, at 781-344-0012 for a free consultation. That's the Law Office of Stephen J. Delamere at 781-344-0012 for a free consultation. Our second sponsor this week is Thorne Insurance Group. Thorne Insurance Group specializes in business insurance along with comprehensive analysis and coverage for home and auto. They're passionate and committed to satisfy all the insurance needs of their clients in a personalized manner. Together, they can formulate a thorough and economical insurance program for your business, home, and auto needs. For a customized, no-obligation quote, simply contact Bruce Thorne at 508-279-4454. That's 508-279-4454. Or email bruce.thorne, that's T-H-O-R-N-E, at comcast.net. Okay. The next step to becoming part of the solution is to pay attention. Pay attention to what needs your attention. Are you back to being so busy that you're not aware of what is happening in your life or in the world? I don't mean being glued to the television so that you are up on all the latest news briefings. I mean being present in the moment enough to notice what the universe might be asking you to pay attention to. When we pay attention to what is happening in the world, we can then step past the illusion of the problem and become aware of the opportunity that lies beneath the illusion for growth within ourselves. Think about the last time your son or daughter or person you're living with asked for your attention while you were working, in deep concentration on something else. Annoying, I know. But think past that surface reaction. Usually, when that person is asking for our attention and we move past the can't-you-see-I'm-busy-here response, there is something that we would have missed if they didn't call our attention to notice it an idea maybe that they had that they're contributing to a project we're working on, 
a rainbow in the sky that's happening in that moment that we wouldn't have been able to appreciate because our head is down so focused on what we were doing. A wild animal in the backyard that we could just take a minute to go and see. And the wonder of that, of sitting with our child or our family member and just paying attention to what's happening while we're so busy. An opportunity, maybe, to talk about something that's on our child's mind when they call our attention or our partner's mind that needs tending to right then. And we need to stop what we're doing and pay attention. I can remember reading about a female writer at some point. It might have been Anne Lamont, but I'm not sure who was hard at work in her office and her child kept asking her to play and she was annoyed and trying to stay focused and frustrated because she wasn't getting what she needed um, for her book to move forward. And then finally she gave up and went to play with her child and voila, after some playtime, she not only seized the opportunity to connect with her kid, but she also got the answer to her dilemma. I also read once that Aerosmith wrote Walk This Way in similar fashion after taking a break and stepping back from their frustration. These are examples of looking past the illusion of the problem, past the negativity, in order to be open to a solution. These are the moments in our lives that are begging us to notice past the limitations of our own agenda, the things that we are doing that we're focused on. They're all important. The projects and the work things, all of these things are very important. They're the large gears in the grandfather clock that make our lives work and that keep the mechanisms moving. But the little gears, the ones that look like they don't mean anything in those grandfather clocks, the ones that seem unimportant on the surface, are just as important as the bigger ones in the contributing of the whole. Maybe even more important, yes? We need to pay attention to both the big and small things in our lives. That is what living present is all about. It's the opportunity to notice when something is off, when something needs tending to, or when something is so perfectly right in your life that's going on in the moment, that you say right then a declaration to the universe of more of this, please. Whether it be fulfilling work that you find yourself doing, you know, on a daily basis, or a retreat in the afternoons in your yard that allows you time to rest and reflect on everything that you want to come true in your life. Paying attention to both the good and the not so good means waking up to what is going on in your life, in the moments of your life. The waking up to the noticing of not just the problem, but the opportunities to become a great alchemist and step into the vibration of doing something about those problems so that you transform them into something good. When you start with you, this is how you affect the whole. And that leads us to step three, and that is service. Using the energy of doing good reflective work on ourselves And being open to the power of the present moment to serve others, to help heal our divisive, tormented world in only the ways that each of us can. Ask yourself, what can you offer to be part of the solution? The solution that is desperately calling for you to do your work and to pay attention so that you can help repair and restore the cracks in the collective consciousness at the moment. What is it that only you can do? Note Please don't compare yourself to every other neighbor making casseroles and stews for people and volunteering during crises and feel like you're inadequate if you're not keeping up with the Joneses. Every single person has something they can offer somebody else. Some people cook and bake and volunteer in large groups and they do it well and they get noticed for doing that and that's great. But other people behind the scenes might affect one person by making a phone call or saying a prayer or sharing inspiration, 
telling funny jokes to make some, someone laugh, posting blackout screens on their Instagram pages to link arms to stop the madness. Ask yourself what you can do and then do it. And if you don't know what you can do and you're struggling with that, a great exercise is to ask your dreams what you can do to play your part in the world as it's showing itself in our mirrors today. Pay attention to what comes to you, both in your dreams and in your waking state, as a result of asking that question. Pay attention to the signs. Also, allow for the energy to contribute, to serve, to shift, to ebb and to flow. Some days we're doing big things for others, you know, and that feels amazing when we're able to do that. Other days we're displaying goodness and offering healing in small ways, and maybe even giving it to ourselves when the world's in a heavy place. This is doing your part too. If you feel like being quiet and just healing yourself and you really feel like that's the message you're getting that you you don't have it to give to any, you know, to anybody else right now and you need to give it to yourself, then heal yourself because when you're healing yourself through rest and through quiet because your spirit is weary, which makes sense right now because the world can feel so heavy in moments, right? Maybe to other people it seems like you're doing nothing. But again, that's the illusion of the quote-unquote problem. If you are resting and healing, you are resting and healing for your family, for your friends, your neighbors, your community, your world. You are being the change that you seek. You are being the great alchemist by doing what you need to do for you in order to emit a totally different vibration that in turn gets sent back out to the world. I promise you that that happens when you take care of yourself. When you are rested and then you feel a different calling, then serve us from there, from wherever you find yourself. Whatever calls to you then, do it. The important thing is to honor what you need and honor what calls you. A person who honors themselves, who knows and embraces both the dark and the light within by embracing the darkness within themselves but not hanging out there too long. A person who pays attention to what the world needs from them and then goes and offers it to the rest of us is a solid, stable person who gives from their highest self, their balanced, perfectly imperfect highest self, who respects and cares about the value of another person's life, and who gives on a frequency that raises the vibration of the world. Okay, on to the questions that came up this week. Um, So this came up from a young adult who wasn't sure whether to leave a relationship or not, who felt stressed in making that decision. This has come a lot come up a lot lately, I feel. People reevaluating who they want to spend time with and the issue of self-respect. I've seen this theme come up over the past couple of months um, in my sessions with people. So here's what I say to that, to this young adult, is what would you tell a younger friend if they were coming to you for advice about a relationship where they weren't being treated kindly by another person? If the answer is, well, the person might be just going through a hard time right now and you can give them a pass, you know, that's one thing. But if the person is continuing to treat you poorly and treating you with lack of respect and this is a theme and it's it's just continuing on and that when you're asked what you'd say to your younger self and the answer is inside you, run for the hills, then you've just answered your own question. If you're giving that advice to someone else, then you're giving that advice to yourself. Run for the hills. If that's how it feels, then that's what you do. Um, Second question um, from last week's podcast. Someone asked about quitting a job 
and deciding for themselves whether they needed to quit a job after my example last week. How to trust that information that comes to you when you've asked if this is the right decision for you to leave a position that no longer works. You know, this is where you have to create your own dictionary and codes of sorts. It's the feeling that you feel. It's that restless feeling. It's that feeling of this is no longer working in my life. And it's learning to trust that feeling. I've learned over time to never go against my feelings, those first feelings. I just, I just, I know what what the message is when those feelings come and that it doesn't come from my regular brain, from my ego. It comes from somewhere else. It's, this is a muscle I've learned to flex and you have that muscle too. So, you know, work with your feelings and kind of test it out when you're feeling something you know, follow that feeling and just see where it leads you. If you keep getting green lights of, yeah, I was right about that. I listened to myself and good things happened as a result. Then you continue to do that. Another way to, to decide that answer about your job is if you were alone in a room with your guardian angel or God, what would you do then? Block out the noise, the naysayers, even your cheerleaders, even the people that love you most, just you and God sitting in a room. Most people know instantly what they need to do when they're put in that scenario. So it's another way to look at it. And then the third question I was asked this week is giving up a bad habit. How do you just do it? How do you just be brave and just do it? So I'm going to use number four from my book, Trust Your Intuition, which is we're not doing this anymore. When you're engaged in a number four, meaning the strategy or the tip or the tool from the book, when you are engaged in a bad habit, from gossiping to eating too much to criticizing your kids, whatever it is that you want to give up, stop and say out loud, we're not doing this anymore. And I suggest that you do this in front of people so that they know what you're working towards. So for example, if it's your kids, let's say, let's say you criticize your kids and you're just so tired of, of doing this anymore. Say out loud in front of them, I'm not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. When you, when you engage in a behavior that no longer works for you. People have compassion for people who are trying to be better people, including your children. When they know you're doing something that you're now aware of that you don't want to be doing, they're going to have more respect for you and more patience. Everybody has growing pains. Repeating maladaptive patterns is part of those growing pains. You do something, then you take a step back. You, you make progress, and then you step back. So when you, when you state this mantra, we're not doing this anymore, over and over again, You'll find over time that you won't even need to say it out loud anymore. You'll catch yourself so quick that you'll just need to maybe squeeze your fists to stop that emotional vomit or that bad habit, and you'll write yourself once again. There's no need to go for perfection, to be perfect 100% of the time. We're all human beings trying to get it right. Just shoot for a lot better. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And also check out my books and products at www jillsylvester.com where you can also sign up for my blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life thanks for listening